Hey there, I'm Wendy Vaughn, sales success coach and the queen of compassion-based selling because, well, selling is all about supporting, not convincing. And I am so glad that you've tuned in to today's episode of the Selling Made Easy show because this show is all about inspiration, not just in learning a simple technique or mindset shift that makes it easier to get clients, but inspiration that happens as we get to peer through the lens of guest entrepreneurs who are blazing their own trails. And those trails have probably included a few unexpected roadblocks, maybe even having to overcome fears or blocks about selling. Now, I believe everyone has their zone of genius, their superpower that's a gift to others, including you. Now, for me, after, well, 22 years of outperforming my peers in sales results, well, it's almost an x-ray vision that I have when it comes to finding and fixing any sales blind spots within entrepreneurs that are unknowingly causing potential clients to slip away. And with today's guest, her zone of genius is her ability to teach feminists to understand themselves and their relationship with society so that they can eliminate the shitty shoulds. So I am super excited to introduce Sita Maingra Stubbs. Now, Sita is the founder and CEO of Whole Damn Woman, which is a feminist self-care education and coaching company. Now, after teaching college English, sociology, and student development as an adjunct professor for 20 years, Sita left to stop people-pleasing. Now, she decided it was time to put her needs first, and she wanted to help others do the same. Now, with her clients, Sita uses her expertise as an educator and communicator to coach people away from self-betrayal and into self-advocacy. Now, at the start of 2023, Sita also launched Sita Lee, a romance and erotic fiction writing business, so that she could continue her authentic self-care action plan. Well, welcome, Sita. I am so excited to have you as my guest today. Thank you for having me, Wendy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just love how you're helping women to, you know, stop their self-betrayal and become instead self-advocates. I can't wait to hear more about this and the work you're not doing. Well, thank you. I'm happy yeah. to talk about it. Absolutely. And, you know, always top of mind question for me is, you know, exactly what was the inspiration or tipping point that prompted you to start your own coaching practice? I know that I had mentioned in bringing you onto the show that you were working as an adjunct professor, but you well, know, what, what exactly you know, spurred this, this crazy idea that, you know, you've taken and run with, and, and now you're making a big impact. Yeah. Well, uh, in those 20 years of working as an adjunct professor, I uh, struggled to land a full-time position uh, despite working for one particular college for uh, 16 years and realized that I probably would never be able to get a full-time position with them uh, despite you know doing everything they asked and going above and beyond. So I, I realized it, it was time to stop people-pleasing, uh, especially because it wasn't getting me anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, the, in the middle of the pandemic, I decided to start my own business and start uh, trying to help people do exactly what I was trying to get away from. Right, okay. Well, that, that stands the reason. I'm sure you saw a lot of people 
uh, in that similar, similar kind of state where they were just not really rising to maybe their full potential. Yeah, it, it seems to happen a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I heard you say in the pandemic is when you really made this shift. So we're, we're talking about three years, two and a half years ago. So I'm curious, have there been any mission or vision changes since you first started your business or have you been on pretty much the same track? No, it's actually pivoted a few times. Um, it wasn't actually coaching at first and, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, I actually don't even remember what it was at first. Um, <laughs> so it was, I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to work in my sociology work. Um, but I just, I wasn't really sure what that would look like. And I also think that, that was because I had never worked in business before. So uh, mm. it's pivoted, I think, two or three times and landed on self-care coaching at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to really land on that first ideal client and, and direction right out of the gate, especially when you've come from a fairly structured uh, environment, right. Where you play yes. within the lines, you know, yes. the academic world, you have a certain process and protocol and you stick to it, you know? So now you're able to express, uh, you know, spread your wings and, and create the, the kind of impact that you really are seeing. So that takes a little bit to gain clarity around that. Well, have there been any big roadblocks or challenges that have come up along the way in, in building your coaching business? I think one of the biggest challenges has been social media um, and trying to leverage it while um, also getting away from it a bit. Uh, I did finally realize the limitations of, of uh, the building a following on social media, which is where most of my following came from. Um, I've, I've reached a limitation with that. And so that is, is, is really making me look at new ways to get uh, my business out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's the good news and the bad news, right? Social media. Definitely. <laughs> this is in, uh, puts us in touch with millions and millions of all the world, uh, in, in essence, whoever's on the platform. But then on the other side, it just creates such weird circles or comments or, you know, who knows what. And it sort of sabotages sometimes the efforts and creates this counterproductive space. So, so what have you done to and overcome that? I don't want to call it out of alignment with the platform, but maybe that's what it is. Have you yeah. integrated some other approach to reach people? Yes. Uh, actually, I met with a um, feminist financial uh, advisor, which was a little interesting because she does, she's not a business coach, but she has a fairly successful business. And I uh, hired her to help me look at the big picture of the business and then find other ways to uh, get my word out. So, you know, with my background in writing, um, she's encouraged me to start using a blog on my website and uh, focusing on SEO, um, had me, you know, start developing products. Um, so she, she gave me a whole plan and it's been really useful to have worked with somebody who shares the same values and um, is, is pretty successful herself. Yeah, no, that's great. It's always good to get up on the shoulders of another expert that that has, uh, you know, more clarity around a certain area because, you know, let's face it, we aren't born with all the uh, tools in our tool belt to start a business. So it is a process of gaining additional 
skills and expertise. So, and, and speaking of that, I mean, you're obviously an expert at helping feminists really step into a more confident and empowered version of themselves. But um, I'm, I'm curious, how do you feel about the client enrollment or, you know, the sales part of being in business? Now, this might seem like a very different skill set. So do you have any challenges or frustrations with this important part of growing a successful business? Uh, it is a very challenging skill set, one that I was not um, really prepared for because in academics, especially with what I taught, uh, students were required to take the classes I had. So there, exactly. was, there, was, there was no selling involved at all. Um, so yeah, it, it showed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's really been, uh, you know, trying to grow the business and get the, the word out. But the the root of that has been communicating the value of um, what I'm offering. Um, some of it's a, a confidence issue because I, again, I'm not, I have no marketing background whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, and my skill set with persuasion was completely different. Uh, so yeah, communicating, uh, the value and, and putting it in words that aren't academic, I think would maybe would be the way to put that. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, uh, definitely a, an important element of creating that accurate and compelling conversation and communication with people in a way that they can understand. Because when you're speaking a language that they don't get, then that creates that kind of distance or it's difficult to convey the importance or the value. I can totally understand that. So, well, uh, if you'd like, I'd be happy to provide you with a little bit of insight around that. Please do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the thing is, that's really important to, to understand is, you know, you have clarity around what the true core issue is that causes women to, or feminists to feel like they don't have their voice or that they should follow the shitty shoulds as, as uh, you know, your, your zone of genius is uh, referring to. And it's really important to position your message in a way that connects with their real life struggles versus uh, taking an educational approach where you're just telling them the more advanced, like, well, you should have your voice. You should be your self-advocate. You should take care of yourself. Those kinds of shoulds. I'm not saying that you do that, but when we lead with the challenge, the real life frustration and challenge that our ideal clients are already feeling and aware of and frustrated by. And then we position our work in a way that solves that. That's when they get excited about learning more in terms of, wow, this sounds like something that would really support me in just enjoying my life more or whatever for them, you know, would be the outcome. But so the, the main thing that I'm trying to say here I'll be as, as clear and direct as I can, is that when you're speaking words that your potential client already uses in their own thinking and thought process about the frustrations that they're experiencing, even if you know a more advanced or even you know clinical title for it or whatever, or maybe it's even words that you love, you know, that mean a lot to you, but not necessarily common words that your potential client knows. Mm -hmm. That's what creates that gap. But if you, if you use words that they can relate to and frequently 
uh, use to describe their own frustrations, that allows them to really understand the value of your work because it's solving exactly what they're frustrated with. Okay. Does that make sense? Because in your world, being coming from the academic world, you're encouraged to, to speak above and beyond so that people are learning, they're expanding the vocabulary. And so it's a completely different role that is difficult for educators to switch hats. You're not really switching hats as much as you are tuning into where your ideal client is currently at. So hopefully that resonates for you and um, starts the wheels turning in terms of some of the words that you're normally using that they might not get. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. absolutely. That's actually a long time struggle for me is, is uh, having been in academics my whole life. I don't really notice when I'm using words that might <laughs> did not meet people where they're at. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's actually really helpful. Yeah. It's, it's just being, being more aware of how you're connecting and communicating with your potential client in a way that they fully, fully understand because it's words that they already use. So that's the main yes. takeaway. So yeah, perfect. I, I would love to hear any feedback about how that lands for you in your next opportunity, you know, to speak with a potential client. And, you know, it's, it's interesting for me, Sita, because when I'm thinking about the past, you know, you had mentioned yourself that you, you started your business in the pandemic and it really was a catalyst for so many people. It wasn't simply the virus and our fears around health, but because it disrupted our mm -hmm. lifestyle and our normal way of doing everything that was possibly on autopilot, it caused people to just stop and it presented opportunities for reflective thinking. And so I'm just curious, has the pandemic had any impact on the work that you do? Uh, absolutely. From uh, how I approach the topic to where I'm working, um, it, it changed everything. And, and especially because I got out of teaching mm -hmm. um, two months, two months before the pandemic started. Um, it, yeah, it, it completely changed my whole perspective on myself, on how I approach other people, how I meet them, um, what we can, excuse me, do together to, to support one another in community. I mean, it really changed everything. Right. Yeah, no, it, it definitely was a catalyst. And I'm sure that as, as, you know, specifically thinking about, uh, women and, and women that are used to maybe being in that people pleasing role and, and suddenly realizing that, wait a second, uh, this might not really be my jam. This isn't something that really brings me a sense of fulfillment. I realize that life is kind of temporary. You know, the reality that we know uh, can shift on a dime. So, well, I, you know, I would love to hear just more specifics in terms of how do you work with women feminists who want to finally honor themselves through self-care and, you know, being their own best advocate. So can you share a few more details about your philosophy or your approach? Uh, absolutely. So I, with my sociological background, um, I look at power and who has power. Um, and that's where the feminist perspective came from for me that, um, we live in a very patriarchal society. There are very few societies that aren't patriarchal. So with that, it's not, you know, it's not anti-men or anything like that. It's just simply looking at how a male influence 
um, has shaped how we shape ourselves, has shaped um, how we work, how we take care of our basic needs. Uh, and so when you were talking about thinking about some of the problems that our, our potential clients face, um, I try to frame that in the sense of um, how has a uh, patriarchy gotten us to where we are? And maybe how has that caused us to self-betray? Uh, and also to to really build the idea of you have to take care of yourself um, before you can take care of your community, whether that's a community of feminists or women or non-binary folks, whoever it is. Uh, so that's that, that whole idea of how a patriarchy shaped um, some of these shitty shoulds, some of these social influences that create harm. Um, how has that caused us to self-betray? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in so that's your your overall philosophy that then your work resides within, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I love that. Yeah. So how can listeners learn more about you and this this great work that you're doing? Uh, yeah. So the best way to find me is at wholedamnwoman.com. Uh, spelled exactly like it sounds like. Um, <laughs> you can also, um, I primarily am on, for social media, I'm on Instagram at Whole Damn Woman. Uh, and, and, and I guarantee you, if you search Whole Damn Woman, you will find uh, find wherever I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love that. So, well, Sita, you've already shared so many golden nuggets of wisdom uh, through our conversation. But if I could tap on you one last time. Uh, in looking at your own experience in building your business, well, what's some advice that you can share with, say, a frustrated entrepreneur who's questioning their decision to have even started their own business or they're doubting their ability to succeed? Honesty is freedom um, and, and vulnerability is power. I think that by being honest about our struggles and our frustrations, uh, people and being vulnerable in public and with others, people will relate to us and mm -hmm. um, connect with us. And that is honestly the feedback I've gotten from my clients and from my followers um, that they appreciate me because I'm real. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I really, when even when I'm struggling with the business, I am flat out honest with everybody and to say, this is what I'm struggling with right now. So yeah, the, to be honest and to be vulnerable, it is powerful. Yeah. Okay. Those are definitely words of wisdom because uh, people are generally afraid to you know, show their vulnerability thinking just the opposite, that that's showing weakness. So yeah, that's, that's yes. a huge yeah. shift and a paradigm shift. I love those kinds of things. So, well, see that it's just been so great hearing about your journey from your work as an adjunct professor, where you, you gave it your all, you were giving it your best, but <laughs> You were stuck in this part-time role, you know, never advancing into you know, what you really were capable of doing, right? Working as a full-time, full professor, which prompted this pivot and to this impactful work that you're now doing as the CEO of Whole Damn Woman, where you're helping women and feminists to stop their people pleasing and start being their own advocates. So I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation and I just want to thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for what you do and the insights that you offer. I've been listening to several episodes and I, I think that you're offering a very valuable thing. 
Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, acknowledging that. I, I do try, right? And just hearing <laughs> your story is an inspiration to so many people. So thank you. And uh, again, for our listeners, you can reach Sita Maingross-Stubbs through her website, and that is wholedamnwoman.com. Just like it sounds, you can find the hyperlink in the show notes. And also you can follow her on Instagram. All right. Well, for all our listeners, remember, when it comes to building a business that brings you joy and has an endless flow of high paying clients, well, don't overlook the power of what I call compassionate selling, where you've fully supported your potential client's decision-making process by providing them with everything they need to feel confident and excited about saying, yeah, this sounds great. So are you 100% confident that you're fully supporting your potential clients? Well, if you're curious, reach out to me and apply for a sales blind spot coaching session. You may be surprised by what we discover. All right. Well, this is Wendy Vaughn, Chief Paradigm Shifter and Sales Success Coach. And you can find me and our next podcast episode at PredictableSalesResults.com. Well, thank you for tuning in to today's episode with Sita Maingra-Stubbs. And as always, here's to your success.